Hey friends, this is Ashley coming to you before this episode starts. I just wanted to let you all know that I have a newsletter. It's also called Boss Barista and you can find all of our episodes along with full transcripts and articles about each episode at the newsletter. So go to bossbarista.substack.com and all of this stuff will just end up in your email. It's kind of like magic. So again, bossbarista.substack.com to find all of these episodes along with additional content. Thanks for listening and on to the show. Hey friends, welcome to Boss Barista, the podcast about workplace equity and employee empowerment in coffee and beyond. I'm Ashley Rodriguez. Hey folks, I'm taking a small break this month and I'm releasing an old episode from the Boss Barista archives. In 2019, I interviewed Michael Schroeder of Oddly Correct Coffee in Kansas City. Oddly Correct is a small chain of coffee shops. And that year, they announced that they'd be establishing their own minimum wage to pay baristas. This number is based not on the U.S. federally mandated minimum of $7.25 an hour, which is a number that hasn't changed since July of 2009, but on the living wage. A living wage is a number, it kind of depends, bearing city by city, but it's a number that determines an amount a person could feasibly live off to meet their basic needs in whatever city they live in. This episode aired in 2019, and it's in a slightly different format than in past episodes. Around this time, I did these series of episodes called Roundups. I would take like a specific topic and try to break it down. So you'll hear a slightly different introduction and in music. And this is structured more like a produced episode. So what I mean by that is that you'll hear me almost narrating over clips of Michael's interview. There's a transcript for this episode. It's at my newsletter, bossbarista.substack.com. And in the transcript, I've identified Michael's interview clips in italics, and I've left my narration work unitalicized so you can kind of tell the difference there. Anyway, here we go. Welcome to the Boss Barista Roundup, a show where I tackle a topic and ask you, the listeners, to share your stories, thoughts, insights, and experiences with us. I'm Ashley Rodriguez, and this week we're talking about what it means to reimagine the minimum wage. In the U.S., the federal minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. 29 states have set a higher minimum wage than that. However, all but six states have what's called a tipped minimum, or an amount that's lower than the minimum wage that you can pay your staff if they also receive tips. Rules vary on how little an employer can pay state by state, but in general, when we think of the minimum wage, not even just the tipped minimum, we think of low-paying jobs. And for many, the minimum wage just simply isn't enough to support themselves or their families or make their lives work without picking up a second job or sacrificing basic needs. 
But what happens when we start to think about minimum wage differently? What if we could guarantee that people left work every day with more than what they needed just to get by? And what sort of power structures would have to be reassessed or questioned or flat out knocked down for that to happen? All the places that I have worked before, um, the power structure and the and the resources were all structured like this upside down pyramid, right? Like at the top, um, you have like ownership and maybe like a couple, you know, executive type roles or you know people doing like the main leadership of the company or, but they're the most resourced and the most compensated but there's the mobility into those places particularly in coffee is like really limited and then you know you have then you have you know some types of like middle management and things like that but then down at the bottom you have a very large population of people doing you know the customer facing work but those are the people who in my you know in my experience like i as a when i was working as a barista i felt the least resourced and i definitely know that i was the least compensated that's michael schroeder who on november 4th 2019 announced an incredibly ambitious new pay structure for the business he works for oddly correct coffee in kansas city missouri on instagram oddly correct announced that all employees would make at least $18 an hour. If they made that in tips plus their base wage, that was great. But if their tips didn't get them to that hourly wage, Oddly Correct would subsidize it and ensure that every employee took home a guaranteed amount of money every day. So the basic idea is that we are setting a minimum wage at Oddly Correct. Um, So that's $18 an hour. So no matter how many hours you have that are customer facing and you're getting tips or if you're, you know, doing production work and stuff like that, you know, depending on how much of that work you're doing, your tips and stuff can fluctuate week to week. So what we're saying is we're, you know, people are starting like a starting base pay at Oddly Correct is 1050 an hour. And then, you know, every six months we do reviews and like you get races depending upon if you're taking on more responsibility and like performance and cost of living increases and stuff like that but then with your base rate and tips we calculate what was your average uh hourly income and if it drops below 18 dollars an hour then we'll raise the base pay to make up the difference and then but then if uh employees who are working and getting tips that put them over 18 dollars an hour uh, we don't touch that so We're really just setting like a minimum wage for our company. This is huge, especially for a place like Kansas City, where the minimum wage is $8.60 an hour. And in Missouri, employers are allowed to claim a 50% tip credit, meaning they can pay you half the state's minimum wage if you make the other half in tips. So essentially, an employer can pay you as low as $4.30 an hour as long as an employee makes the other half, the other $4.30, in tips. But Michael and his team at Oddly Correct wanted to upend that idea. 
well, like rumors of place of places that had sort of planned to do the minimum wage, like they were going to use tips to bring people up to the Missouri minimum wage. So they were going to take their employees tips every week and then calculate, okay, what's the hourly that we can pay them to where they're getting 860 an hour. So like leveraging customers generosity to then pay them as little as possible. So like I, yeah, so I had heard stories about places that had either done that or were like talking about doing it. Um, both through the survey and just from like people, you know, other baristas coming into our shop and stuff like that. So I said, okay, like that, that actually gave me an idea. Like what if I flipped that on its head and say, I'm, I'm going to use customer's generosity as a tool to help us pay every single person a living wage. So instead of saying like, okay, here's the maximum that we're ever going to pay someone, you know, including their tips, I said, let's set a minimum that we're ever going to pay someone, um, including tips. So that that's where kind of like the initial like structure came from. Michael and the team decided on a minimum they'd pay anyone on their staff ever. And one of the reasons Oddly Correct gave for this policy is contained in their initial Instagram announcement. They say, if a job is worth doing, it's worth doing well. Instead of focusing on the output of employees, which we might think of when we hear a sentence like that, Michael focused on the worth part and how to translate that worth into tangible wages. So thinking, okay, like how can I actually, in my mind, properly value the work that every single person is doing, knowing that I believe that like every single person has value period, but that if I think that that person's job is worth having on my team, then I need to show that I value it with how I'm compensating it. So trying to make it less of like that, that a pyramid, like a point at the bottom and wide at the top to like more of a rectangle. So that was an image that came on pretty early. And then from there, just starting to think like, okay, how can I be at a spot or when can I be at a spot to make that happen? And then kind of the, the more I started thinking about that stuff, the more I realized that, okay, well, if, if I want to have the best people doing every single job, even, even if I have someone who's just pulling shots all day long, if I think that that job is worth doing, then I should be paying a wage that makes it a job that someone can continue to do, especially if they're passionate about it. Um, if they're passionate about creating, you know, really good beverages and serving people in a really kind and uh, engaging way. This plan sounds ambitious, idyllic even, but is it actually feasible? We answer that question after the break. Hey friends, this is Ashley in 2022. So today, now, whenever you're listening to this. When I aired this episode in 2019, I read an ad for an organization called Get You Some Gear. Get You Some Gear redistributes donated coffee gear to baristas, 
and other coffee professionals that hold marginalized identities. Basically, if you have any old coffee gear that's collecting dust in the cabinet, or you just have extra stuff lying around, get you some gear will find a new home for these things. Right now, they're in need of coffee drippers. You can donate any pour-over coffee brewers you have in your closet or basement, and Get You Some Gear will help find a new home for them. Get You Some Gear has done so much in the three years since I originally read this ad, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to update it. Chris McGauley, Get You Some Gear's founder, was actually a guest on the show in January of 2021, and they recently launched a new program. It's called Get You Some Beans. Get You Some Beans provides coffee beans, green coffee education, and may perhaps even provide roasting classes in the future. Resources and training opportunities are unequally distributed. And the entire goal of the Get You programs is to give tools to baristas and hourly coffee workers who often don't get the things that they need. Check out Get You Some Beans. Donate drippers and equipment to get you some gear and find out more on Instagram at get you some gear. Thanks. Back to the episode. Welcome back to the Boss Barista Roundup. I'm talking to Michael Schroeder, director and roaster at Oddly Correct Coffee in Kansas City. He's talking to us about how his shop has set a new minimum wage for baristas. Every barista will walk away with at least $18 an hour, no matter what. They'll get a set base pay, which will be subsidized if their tips don't get them to that $18 an hour mark. This $18 an hour, that's nearly double the minimum wage in the city. Michael and his team at Oddly Correct have been praised for this policy. Their post on Instagram announcing it has over 100 comments commending them, but that doesn't mean it hasn't been met with some pushback. There have been people sort of saying like, hey, you, why are you doing this to make us look bad, basically, <laughs> which is 100% not our intent. I think by, you know, I think there's a lot of close-handed, like, information gatekeeping in coffee in a lot of senses, but I think that um, there's just not an air of transparency like that's not like a natural feeling thing for I think for a lot of business owners, you know, you're kind of like taught to like protect your secrets and, you know, not share your recipes and not give away how you're doing things because someone could come and copy it or some, you know, or it just reveals too much about your process. And I just wanted to get ahead of what I felt was an important movement for transparency that was for the most part being led by baristas and the people doing the work. Transparency is a hot topic in the coffee world right now. Folks across the industry are demanding more transparency in pretty much all realms. People are asking what roasters are paying the farmers who grow their coffee. And recently, a number of spreadsheets where baristas could anonymously report their wages have swept across the nation, revealing wages ranging from livable to eh to downright deplorable. And what Michael saw was a moment for him, as a person driving the business that he works at, to take some of that burden of transparency off baristas and assume it within the business. So seeing like all these wage transparency reports that are 100% led by baristas and the people in the communities, I thought, well, like, well, shouldn't 
the companies be the ones who are being transparent. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want my employees to feel like they have to be transparent for me. So that was the heart behind it was just to like, get out there and say like, Hey, we think this is important. Here's what we can do where we're at. And like, we just want to be open about it. And like, you know, putting it out there, especially on the internet, like that kind of holds me accountable to really do what I say I'm going to do. So you may be thinking, this all sounds great, but how is Oddly Correct going to do this? As fair as this feels to me, this also feels like a lot of money. And the number 18, where does that come from? This number is a result of careful planning and knowing exactly how much money Oddly Correct has. And for Michael, he's not worried. So I, I was looking at an MIT study where they, they created this tool and like an online tool where you can enter in your zip code basically and like it'll pull up a living wage based upon, you know, um, housing costs and healthcare costs, like food costs. So it's it's really interesting. But that's where I was starting to look when I was thinking like what 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 does it even take to just make, you know, a living wage? And in Kansas City, you know, if you're working 40 hours a week, it's like 1180 something an hour. But the total being about $1,900 a month to make a living wage. And that's like, they describe it as a very, like a fine line between like financial independence and the need for like assistance from like government programs for housing and food and things like that. So it's basically kind of what minimum wage should be if, you know, I mean, if I'm going to talk about it uh you know someone working 40 hours a week on minimum wage can't support themselves completely like they can't exhibit financial independence so this you know living wage is sort of what that actually would be so i started looking there and then took the data that i gotten from that survey um you know basically the average hours that people are working and stuff like that and said, so, okay, well, so if a, a barista is working 30 hours a week and they make $18 an hour, then that'll put them well over that living wage with, you know, $400 a month to spare for, you know, discretionary spending or saving, you know, like for buying a house, like a down payment for buying a house and building savings and things like that. So that was like, okay, I, like if someone on our team is working 30 hours a week and making $18 an hour, like this is going to put them well over that minimum wage or not minimum wage, that living wage and give them like a greater um, degree of financial independence. So that's where the number came from. And I knew that it was like something right now, like we could handle that number as a business. Beyond the math there's this underlying theme that continues to come up over and over as I talk to Michael. It's not so much that Oddly Correct can afford to pay this much, even though they can, but it's also that they believe it's right to pay this much, especially if you know where the value of your business is. One, I know it's tough running a business and meeting the bottom line, but I think it just comes back to that initial idea that if I can't place a proper value on my greatest resource as opposed to viewing it as like my biggest um, liability, you know, like 
yes, it like it is the thing that we pay the most money into week after week, but it's because it's bringing us the most benefit. So I think it just comes from actually seeing value in it as opposed to feeling like it's a weight that has to be managed. You know, people don't actually think that the work is as valuable as it, as they want to say that it is, you know, like if, if you think that other things are more important, then that's what you're going to put your time and energy and money into. I'm not saying that like any of those other things are bad necessarily. Like it's not wrong to like have like a marketing budget or to have, you know, fancy, like the, like the newest machine or anything like that. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but if we really want to create an environment where the people are put first and we really believe that if they're really well resourced, that they're actually going to give us the most benefit, then like that's where we're going to put our resources. So it, it's kind of that mentality of like, you know, there's something that guitar players say, they say tone is in your fingers. Like you could have the best, most amazing guitar and amp, but if you don't have like that tone in your fingers, like that something inside you to actually make like good music come out, it's, you know, that's not, all the best stuff's not gonna help you. So we were always kind of take that and say, okay, we know that we can do good work. So let's do the best we can with what we have within a system that allows every one of us to be doing okay. That was Michael Schroeder, director and roaster at Oddly Correct Coffee in Kansas City. You can learn more about their plans to increase the minimum wage by following them on Instagram at oddly, just the word oddly, You can also look up what the living wage is in your city by using the tool Michael mentioned, the MIT Living Wage Calculator, by visiting livingwage.mit.edu. In future episodes, I want to talk about quitting your job. Tell me about how you told your boss you were leaving, or if you've ever felt scared to tell your boss you were going, or if you've ever had something unexpected happen to you when you quit. I know I have a very weird story about one of the times I quit a job. Uh, Send your stories and voice recordings to me at bossbaristapodcast at gmail.com. This has been the Boss Barista Roundup. I'm Ashley Rodriguez. See you next week. All right, folks, one more mention from me, 2022 Ashley. I touched base with Michael Schroeder after I let him know that I was going to re-air this episode, and I wanted to know if there were any updates. This episode was recorded before the COVID-19 pandemic, so I wanted to know if anything had changed. And he said that since our episode aired, they've been able to do a lot of really cool stuff, including adding three new salaried positions to their staff. They were able to track barista wages, and they saw that they were now over $20 per hour. They grew their staff from 10 to 15 employees, and they watched two of their employees buy homes. Michael reports that a lot of the challenges that other businesses have faced, like the labor shortage caused by the pandemic, 
I'm going to put labor shortage in quotes, hasn't really affected Oddly at all. And that by being vocal about their wage structure, they've attracted customers who care and support their goals. He says that average tips have jumped from 12.5% in 2019 to 16% today. He does admit that there are still challenges. Inflation affects their cost of goods. They want to make their products more accessible to all consumers. And he acknowledges that a tip-centered system prioritizes customer-facing work, even though there are tons of jobs and coffee where workers never interact with customers. So does that mean they should move towards a tip-free system? Is Kansas City ready for it? He's still not sure. I wanted to end on this email update I got from Michael because I think it's a good reminder that solutions aren't stagnant and we shouldn't simply celebrate one achievement, one milestone, and move on. Progress is a journey, and I appreciate the continuing work the team at Oddly Correct are doing to make hourly coffee work more sustainable. I hope more people use their work as a blueprint for what's possible in their own cafes. Thank you folks for listening, and I'll see you next month. I'm just looking for a better day. Boss Barista is produced by me, Ashley Rodriguez. You can find a transcription of this episode on my newsletter, along with an accompanying article about this episode every Thursday at bossbarista.substack.com. To support the show, you can visit www.patreon.com bossbarista. We have over 80 patrons supporting the show right now which is incredible. And that helps keep the show alive. We pay guests through this fund, we pay for website hosting, and we make donations. Half of our patron donations are currently pledged to five different nonprofits, each at $50 a month. Asada's Daughters, the Loveland Foundation, the Native American Rights Fund, the Grocery Run Club, and the Chicago Community Bond Fund. Again, if you want to support Boss Barista, consider making a monthly donation at www.patreon.com slash bossbarista. Another amazing way to support the show is to share this episode with just one person, a friend, someone who you think would learn something from this episode, anybody. Sharing on social media is also a huge help, along with giving us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. As a small production, these things matter a lot. So if you can take a little time, share out some of your favorite quotes from this episode and tag us, that would be amazing. We're at Boss Barista Podcast on Instagram and Boss underscore Barista on Twitter. You can also send me an email at bossbaristapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.